I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk, and I am here with Chris Downey, CEO of Flexential, and we're talking about the data center industry next. Chris Downey, thank you so much for being here. We're really excited that you're uh, you're here and and uh, going to talk about the data center industry with us. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It's awesome to be here. Um, you have had a very interesting couple years. Uh, you know, you came on to the um, to be CEO of Peak Ten uh, a couple years ago, um, and in the process began an, an acquisition uh, of uh, ViWest to create Flexential. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, but uh, I, before we start and talk about Flexential, you know, one of the things that I really love doing is hearing about the background of the people that we sit with. You know, we're, we're sitting with industry leaders, those that have really shaped the data center industry over the last 15, 20 years. And I would definitely put you in that category, you know, your role at Telex, even before that from a financial background and some of the things that you were doing. But uh, just give us an overview of, of your background and how it's really positioned you to be successful as the CEO of Flexential. Sure. Um, so, you know, really, I spent the first 10 years of my career in investment banking, mm-hmm. and uh, in that role, um, spent a lot of time basically raising private equity and debt capital for communications and technology companies. And so whether it was a, um, an early stage company that needed capital for growth, or it was an entrepreneur yeah. that was pursuing um, uh, a nation technology, not to date myself, but uh, those <laughs> entrepreneurs were thinking about things like uh, cellular and yeah. um, and towers and and all those uh, all those sectors were in their relative relative uh, infancy yeah. uh, back then. So um, so you know in that role, I I got to learn a lot about capital formation, uh-huh. but I also got dangerous in communications and internet related technologies, huh. and at least enough to know that I was. I was very intrigued by it uh-huh. and uh, wanted to learn a lot more about it. So, so spent ten years doing that, and then uh, had the opportunity to jump into the um, the operating domain with a startup uh, telecommunications company, CLAC, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with the mm-hmm. acronym. Um, that was in 2000, which was um, you know that company had all the all the right ingredients from management to money, but the uh, the one ingredient it didn't have was timing, because mm-hmm. uh, as you know, in the early 2000s, everything was uh, yeah. got to be a bit messy yeah, uh, in communications. Um, so uh, from there, I did a, a bunch of CFO, COO type roles, really um, across a, a various um, uh, a various uh, set of um, uh, different technologies in the communications domain, and then uh, ultimately um, landed at uh, at Telex in yeah. uh, 2007. Um, so, that what was, was that like when y'all first started? You know, you started small and grew it. How how did that go? Yeah, so it was. Um, I think uh, in those early days, the the concept of a data center was a relatively new word. Yeah. Um, Equinix was certainly the you know the largest of the a very yep. small bunch, but yeah. they were um, very early stage mm-hmm. in their own right. Uh, Telex was a bit of a bootstrapped uh, company that kind of came out of the whole telco domain, just because they were a they were a calling card company. Uh-huh. But what they had secured was uh, very strategic real estate, which ultimately is sure. core to the whole data center um, value proposition. And that real estate was in some uh, pretty interesting uh, connectivity centric mm-hmm. environments mm-hmm. In, in New York and then in Atlanta. And so, but in those early days, you know, it was 50 million in revenue mm-hmm. and, you know, just uh, barely scraping by and trying to figure out what the what the business model needed to be for long-term success. And then, you know, how do you scale it? And uh, so there was a lot of kind of early, early figuring it out, if you will. Yeah. So you, you know, you're a year, approximately a year into the rebranding of the company, Flexential, and, and, and bringing these two companies together, which, 
you know, I think is a is a gigantic task. Sure. Um, what are you most proud of? You know, when you think about the last year or so and, and seeing these two companies come together, you know, what stands out to you as just progress that you've made and, and what makes you proud? Sure. Well, uh, it's hard to believe we're nine months into yeah. it already. It kind of feels like we just we just closed, <laughs> but um, there's been a tremendous amount of activity uh, in the last nine months. But what I'm really most proud about is the team, quite frankly, just because um, you know the transaction was a big transaction. In a lot of ways, it was new for for everyone. Uh, while the companies were were, were pretty similar in yeah. terms of uh, their uh, their legacies, their products, their services, the the new platform that we created really yeah. presented a whole host of new challenges yeah. to uh, the organization yeah. um, across the country. And so, um, you know, it was great to see the team, you know, embrace the challenge yeah. and um, and see the opportunity. Sure. And quite frankly, um, uh, you know, lock arms with our teammates um, for, you know, what we all view as a great opportunity. Yeah. Forward, so. We were, uh, AP and I were talking before about, I was telling her, you know, there's no, there's probably no other companies that were as well suited from a, obviously from a geography perspective sure. you know I mean uh, it's just it's very unique that obviously peak tens growth was on the East Coast and and really focused in that area you had via West on the West Coast and kind of the central parts of the country uh, so just from a geography standpoint that was I thought that was really interesting and, and sure. very complimentary yeah, absolutely. I mean, in a lot of ways, they're mirror images of yeah, each other. Yeah. And uh, because they didn't compete, yeah. the companies tended to collaborate sure. on things over time, yeah. not necessarily on, on the deal front, yeah. but on the back office yeah. front, you know, what is best practice. And, and because they were similar in in, in scale as well, mm -hmm. you know, that collaboration was very, very relevant. Yeah. So, um, you know, I look at it as very serendipitous, if not, yeah, you know, sure. lucky for, for me. Um, you know, I was... I had certainly made the, made the decision to jump back into the industry. I'd taken about a year off, and you know I'd worked with GI Partners before, who mm -hmm. was our sponsor. But um, you know, Peak Ten, I, I viewed as a uh, as really a nice nice platform to yep. do some exciting things. And then you know, you know, uh, Shazam, the yeah. <laughs> the uh, ViaWest opportunity yeah. comes up, and um, and it really you know it, there, it's very rare to have the opportunity to create a national platform in such a short period of time, just given what that entails mm -hmm. in terms of the number of markets that you need. And so that's really uh, the most exciting thing is that we're now, you know, we do now have a national platform yeah. and it's, uh, we just have to make uh, everybody aware that yeah. we're here and, and, uh, and open for business yeah. if you will, on, uh, in that scale. Yeah. As a leader of the company, where are you, where do you find you're focusing your time right now? What do you feel like are the biggest challenges that you're trying to, you know, get ahead of for sure. the company? Well, a uh, few few focus areas. Uh, number one, um, growth, um, and you know what I mean by that is our our go to market has really shifted very rapidly from being local to regional to mm -hmm. now national. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we've got 41 data centers, 21 markets, uh, and really a tremendous capacity that is highly relevant to a whole host of demand sets that neither legacy company were necessarily in front of before mm -hmm. because they couldn't go west of the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi. And now, you know, we have uh, we have capacity stretching from Hillsborough up in Portland mm -hmm. all the way down to Fort Lauderdale. And, and there's really a, a conversation, uh, not a conversation that we can't have, mm -hmm. um, or a conversation that we can't have um, as it relates to demand sets. But, you know, quite frankly, we're, we haven't been in front of them. So we need to, you know, our biggest challenge is, is that go-to-market, but really the the awareness associated with the go-to-market yep. as well. And yep. um, because in a lot of ways, um, uh, demand has not necessarily thought of uh, uh, either legacy company yeah. from having uh, a, a national capabilities. And so, um, uh, and, you know, and, and, and it goes well beyond just the breadth of the portfolio uh -huh. because we have... Um, 
Uh, we have a, a, a really a, a suite of uh, services okay. that we bring, and sure. I'd say more than most in terms of colo, cloud, managed solutions, and professional services. We like to think we have more uh, more utilities under one roof than mm-hmm. than most of uh, of our peers. Yeah, in the I guess true. Yeah, and um, uh, and then uh, and then we have network resources too. We have a fairly tremendous network backplane that supports the portfolio that um, that not many folks are probably yeah. aware of. Yeah, and so really that that goes back to your question, which is you know uh, you know what is what am I most focused on? It's it's awareness. Yeah, and just making sure that people know who Flexential is, appreciate the national um, the, uh, the national breadth and, yeah. the, and the capacity that we're working with, but the whole host of utilities that we bring to the to the value proposition. Yeah, well. that, that makes sense. Do you think, as you look at data center users, you know, you your role at Telex as, you know, CEO for a long period of time, now your role here at Flexential, you've seen data center needs and companies with their IT infrastructure requirements uh, for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. How have you seen those change, you know, over the last 10 to 15 years? What, like, what did the customer look like back then? What does the customer look like now? Sure. Well, I mean, uh, things have definitely uh, matured, and the uh, I think the customers gotten a lot smarter and a lot, mm-hmm. sele- a lot more selective. I think the good news is there's a lot more customers yeah, sure. um, than there were ten years ago. But the uh, you know the internet startups of of ten years ago are are giants yeah. today, <laughs> and and they they know exactly what they want to consume, where they want to consume it, and they're consuming in scale. So you know you really need to keep pace with with those folks and. You know the the new startups of today have, are, are certainly taking you know taking the page out of that uh, out of that playbook yeah. and 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 having a kind of a, a head start if you will relevant to where those folks started. So, but um, uh, so I'd say the customers is you know they're not talking to you if you don't have the right facility in the right yeah. location. They're really more focused on okay, what are the you know what are, what 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 are the options? What are, what's the yeah. utility that you bring yeah. alongside um, uh, that relationship, which yeah. will hopefully be for the rest of time. And yeah. the, and a lot of that is is clearly focused on uh, on network capability, yeah, sure. ability to federate you know across various different yeah. platforms. Yeah, I think the portfolio uh, you know the portfolio you all have now um, and being able to serve clients you know in multiple markets, uh, I, I think. It's, almost an expectation that a, that a company would have today just based on their needs. You know, it sounds like what you're saying is, hey, they're looking for us to help solve their problems, you know, and, and we put it in uh, well-constructed facilities, safe facilities, but the reality is, like, the services that we bring, co-location, cloud, uh, retail, or managed services, those type of things are really what we're using to help solve their problems. When you think about y'all's product set and what mm-hmm. you're offering to the, to the companies today, um, are you all focused on one of those more than the other? Sure. Are you seeing one of those grow? You know, as you you all obviously have um, cloud nodes in several of your facilities across the U.S. Yeah. Are you seeing that become more and more of a conversation you're having with users today? What's that like today? Sure, sure. Well, um, you know, as I mentioned before, we're working with 41 data centers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the data centers really, uh, from our perspective, represent the home by which the customers yeah. can can reside and then consume whatever utilities they figure out over time are mm-hmm. most important mm-hmm. to their, you know, to their applications or solutions. So, um, you know, our core is really that data center mm-hmm. and, and, and thus the co-location, sure. you know, and the interconnection related to that co-location that goes on within it. That, that being said, though, um, the, 
the, the utilities that we bring to bear in that environment are, I'd say, equally as important, although, you know, getting the customer in our in our data center is sort of job number one. Mm-hmm. You know, co-location is roughly 72, 73% of our, our business right, now. Right. And so, you know, just by, by numbers, it's it's the most significant. But then as you look at cloud, it's it's probably the most um, logical adjacency yeah, to sure. To uh, to that core, if you will, it's you know it's compute utility, mm-hmm. it's infrastructure, mm-hmm. and you know we have the um, we have the ability to bring that um, to a customer solution yep. fairly dynamically. Yep. You know, managed solutions is a you know is is again related um, utilities, whether it's storage or managed OS yep. or what have you that that are in, that are also in high demand. Although I'd say you know managed solutions, you know we, we're spending more time picking our spots in okay. terms of you know what we what we do do well. We don't necessarily want to um, bring something, you know, into our, you know our our relationship with the customer that we're not that we're not good at. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, professional service is actually something that uh, I didn't have the opportunity to work with before. That okay. I think really gives us the ability to differentiate our our front end, if yeah. you will, our go to market with the customer. You know, we have uh, sixty advanced engineering resources. They're based in Denver, but they they solve some of some of the more complicated, mm-hmm. you know, IT um, problems mm-hmm. that exist. Um, you know, from from compliance to security, yeah. um, and you know, a whole host of other. Um, uh, uh, dynamic issues, and so having that and being able to invest that on the front end with customers that are really a lot of customers um, come and they're and they have their designs, but they they may not necessarily be battle tested. Yeah. And so if we can if we can get the customer to sort of accept more yeah. of that help on the front end, yeah, then I good. think ultimately their solution becomes a lot more you know a, a lot more meaningful yeah. and successful for them for the long term and so i never had a team of of, of professional resources like uh-huh. that to bring to bear and engagements you know yeah. you always just were reacting to whatever the customer yeah. wanted now we can see what the customer wants and said well relative to what you're trying to accomplish yeah. you know have you thought about this have yeah. you thought about that because we've got you know we've got a team that can that can architect that for yes. you, and then you know, uh, forty-two hundred, you know, which is our customer count, and I call those use cases. Yeah, sure. Across the country. So forty-two hundred customers, um, some small, some large. How do you do your best to uh, um, essentially craft your product set to meet those needs? You know, knowing that you have probably very you know small customer sets, and they have others that have very large requirements. Sure. How do you how do you go about making sure that you can not only meet their needs today, but also down the road? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a diverse group. You yeah. know, it's uh, we have, uh, I think, in each of our primary verticals, which are you know technology uh-huh. and healthcare and mm-hmm. retail manufacturing, we have some of the the largest logos in the world mm-hmm. that, that you'd recognize. Um, and so, you know, once you get those customers in, you you, you obviously you know want to keep them very sure. happy for a very long period of time and and they've got some fairly significant you know demands on 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 resources and you know obviously as the customer gets smaller i'd say some of those demands become less intense yeah. and so you know for us it's about alloc- allocating the right resource mm-hmm. to you know really what are the day-to-day requirements of each group of those yeah. customers um, you know the customer experience is you know, uh, kind of the first pillar of our uh, of our strategy for 2018 and beyond, and you know, and making sure that again that we've, you know, we align the the resources to the requirements yeah. um, because, um, you know, some of those requirements are on a daily and hourly basis, but some are you sure know, some are a lot less. Intense. Yeah, it's good. When you think about 
the new Flexential brand and the 21 markets that you're in today. Mm -hmm. um, how do you make sure that you're continuing to grow in the areas that you're in currently, but also expand to where your customers want to be? Sure. Well, I mean, that's that's if there's one thing that keeps me up at night is just making sure that we have capacity. Yeah. So 65 to 70 percent of our organic, you know, month over month uh, revenue growth comes from our existing base. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there is a commitment that we make to our customers once they're there that we're going to always be able to meet their growing needs. Mm -hmm. So we're so we're constantly evaluating where we need that uh, need that capacity. You know, right now we're in more top 50 MSAs in the U.S. than than anyone else. Mm -hmm. and so. Um, we've we've had definitely a, a more of a tier two market strategy, yeah, sure. um, but we are in some tier one markets. Mm -hmm. And now that we've put these two companies together, we re we certainly have the scale to uh, pursue um, more tier one yeah. markets. Uh, but as I think about um, growth and capacity, I think number one, we always have to make sure that we've got capacity in our existing markets, and so that's where we've made. You know, arguably two decades of investments mm -hmm. uh, from both legacy companies, and and we have a growing customer base that's expecting us to continue to grow with them. Yeah. And so I, I remind the Flexential team all the time because everybody gets real excited about a new market sure. and yeah. um, and you know where are we going next. Uh -huh. But in a lot of ways, a, a lot of our opportunities is really where we've established our footprint you today. Bet. Um, but you know that being said, uh, we opened up, um, we acquired and opened up a new facility in Philadelphia in, in November yes. of last. Yep. Year, which um, was a great um, step for us further into the into the Northeast. Um, there are several markets that, uh, and these are the tier one markets that we're not in that I think are fairly obvious. You know, New York, New Jersey, mm -hmm. Ashburn, Chicago. We're not in California right now, but I like to think we we strategically have it surrounded. But sure. um, <laughs> but you know, so those are very logical yeah. for us. Um, so in terms of uh, of growth, it'll be a. Uh, a lot more of the same, yeah. but also, you know, where do we need to expand to be um, uh, even more strategically yeah. relevant to yeah. our customers? Um, that's good. And actually, it's not on here, but as you think about capital, the capital needed to do that and, and, and just the capital in the industry today, mm -hmm. you know, obviously that's changed to an extent as the as I think the data center industry has become more relevant and people understand, uh, you know, investors understand more about what the industry is and what it supports. But is do you feel like there is uh, enough capital in the market today to be able to serve the needs of, of that companies have and help companies like yours expand? Sure. Um, and you know, how's that changed over the last five or so years? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think the the capital that's um, that's attracted to this business yeah. now is 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 greater than it's ever been yeah. in the past, and so um, that doesn't necessarily mean that the requirement to make good, smart business decisions yeah. um, has, has changed. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I think there's been a clear recognition that the demand sets are are still in their early stages mm -hmm. as relates to um, uh, data center consumption and all the, you know, the great reasons for it. So I think people can uh, have a lot of conviction that there's there's a lot of go forward on, yeah. uh, opportunity. But I, but I also think fundamentally it's real estate. You yeah, know, sure. It's a, yeah. I, I like to say that the data center is a 20 plus year value proposition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you put it in the ground is again, as long as you execute yep. um, uh, appropriately, you know, it's going to, it's going to offer a tremendous return. Yeah. And I think the last decade has certainly proved that yeah, out. There have yeah. been a, a number of the, uh, of our public peers that uh, have dem demonstrated that they can, you know, maintain a strong growth profile and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and continue to deploy capital in a very, um, 
you know, efficient and, and high return manner, yeah. in particular relative to other sort of real estate centric uh, investment yeah, sure. um, alternatives. Yeah. Uh, so under the new Flexential brand, how do you anticipate, uh, as you all do deliver new facilities in different markets, um, you know, what will that look like? You know, you will have some some kind of flagship facilities in certain markets, and, and that's as I think probably the peak 10 of iOS brand was growing. Um, and so now under this new umbrella, what will that look like? How yeah. will you look to really, uh, you know, build facilities that attract users? Yeah. Well, I mean, the great thing is we're working with fairly tremendous capacity today. We've got uh, across those 41, you know, data centers, yep. we've got about 3 million um, square feet. And, and we're we're only 60% utilized today. Okay. Um, I'd say both companies were in. Um, we're in fairly significant expansion mode yeah. prior to the, the combination. You know, we, we have what we refer to as Gen 4 facilities uh-huh. today that really uh, come out of the gates with about 150,000 sellable yeah. um, capacity. And, and examples of that are the new facility um, that we have here in Denver, which we refer to as Com Park. But we just opened up a 90,000 square foot wing there that has, you know, tremendous capacity, sure. but also tremendous power densities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hillsboro up in uh, mm-hmm. Portland is an Another example of that, uh, in August, we'll be opening up a, another 90,000-square-foot wing there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Vegas and Minneapolis and here in Texas, um, we've got uh, similar capacities. So, you know, I think um, we'll continue to build in that format yeah. because I think it is the kind of the, the, the format of the future, if yep. you will. Although I think you do have to scale um, your investments relative sure. to how much demand is in one yeah, market. You, bet. you know, some of our tier two markets just won't consume that much capacity, so yeah. you don't want to plunk down yeah. a, you know, massive facility and you know, I don't I don't want to pick on a specific market. Sure. But um, but you know that being said, you know, we've been able to um, do very similar kind of I'd say um, same redundancies and power resiliencies yeah. and smaller form factors that yeah. um, that make sense yeah. in other second-tier markets. And I think, uh, you know, that's one of the things when I think back on the space and the, the industry and the way that – I think the fact that data center operators have become much more reasonable with their approach of delivering capacity. You know, I think, I think for the investment world, I, I'll have conversations helping people understand that, you know, when an announcement is made that 80 acres has been – acquired and a million square feet will be built you know that's not happening on day one you know there's a very um uh, reasonable approach to that based on internal you know uh, metrics demand in the market and those type of things and i think that's um i think everybody has a method to that but i think that has uh helped the industry grow in a way that um you know has uh, it's only it's only helped the industry in my opinion. Sure. Um, and you see, you've been you know in the driver's seat of a lot of that. So when you think back on your career, uh, you know, leading Telex, now leading Flexential, uh, you're in the financial industry before that. But like from a leadership standpoint, who has had an impact on you along the way to kind of help guide your career, help guide the way you think as a business leader? Who's made a difference? Uh, from a business standpoint for you? Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't think there's necessarily been, been one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a fairly fairly young CFO when yeah. I jumped in yeah. the operating world. So, um, uh, and I, I'd say the first CEO that I worked with, a yep. gentleman by the name of Randy Fowler, um, who was a very dynamic, you know, leader. And, and really what um, really what I got out of my time working with him is just the passion that he was yeah. able to infuse into the organization. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and, and really the, the, 
the the organization rewarded him with just you know solid execution yeah. and commitment and yeah, trust good. And, and so forth and and uh, and then you know I, I'd say in, in my telex uh, tenure I worked yeah. with uh, Eric Shipcaro who a lot uh, of the industry know yeah. and and he approached the really the challenge and the opportunity with a tenacity I'd say like no other mm-hmm. and and just uh, had a had a, um, a kind of a um, infectious connection yeah. if you yeah, will sure. and so yeah. so it was great to uh, be able to work with him uh, as well yeah and, you know and then i'd say you know i've had the opportunity with a, a multitude of um of private equity uh, firms that i've had the opportunity uh-huh. to work with you know gi partners yeah. abri and berkshire there's just uh, you know there are great leaders in in each one of those yes um institutions if you will that have just you know got this great perspective sure. across a whole host of uh, of companies and technologies and and uh, having having the opportunity to get their perspective yeah it's been awesome yeah I bet and I I think it's and I think it's huge as especially as you know you sit in that seat today and you look to grow your company you know just your background I think is always or the background of leaders I think is always really interesting how they think yeah. how they execute um, how they treat people within the organization. So um, thanks for sharing that. That's good. Okay, so when you think about, you know, the next five years in the space, um, you know, you all are poised to serve existing customers, grow hopefully with new customers, but what gets you most excited about, you know, having a large platform in the data center industry? Yeah, well, having a large platform, uh, you know, gets me <laughs> excited. I think that, um, you know, scale, I think, begets opportunity mm-hmm. and more scale. And so, um in a lot of ways, you know, this combination will open the aperture to yeah. a lot of things that neither legacy company would have had the opportunity to explore. Yeah. And so, um, you know, very, very excited about that. I think, um, you know, when I uh, when I um, jumped out of Telex, I, I got back into the I'd say the the, the industry fairly quickly uh-huh. just because um, I think the industry is moving very fast, yeah. but it's still very much early early innings. Yep. And and re- what really makes me uh, have confidence in that is you know I've got a ten year old daughter at home mm-hmm. and the way that that her and her friends oh, yeah. um, interface with technology is 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 you know in a manner that quite frankly yeah. I don't think we sure. have ever you seen bet. before and so um, what they're gonna kind of what um, requirements they're gonna be putting on yeah. you know IT solutions you that support you know their expectations yep. you know I think is are just going to present things to this sector, which are yeah. going to be challenges, but there are going to be awesome opportunities that, you know, we don't even, you know, kind of see yet. Yes. So, um, you know, that being said, you know, we need to uh, continue to make sure that we're, you know, keeping pace with yes. with with all of that and yeah. making the, the requisite investments both in facilities but yes. also capabilities to make sure that we're hopefully, you know, one step ahead yeah. of those requirements. But, you know, really, I think... I think there's just a whole lot of great things to come. Yeah, that's good. And we'll just end with this. But one, you know, one thing it's always interesting from a leadership standpoint is to hear uh, just how competitive, you know, leaders are in their in their space. And and uh, and so you, we talked before, but you you mentioned playing rugby growing up or into your college yeah. day. But tell me about like why you like that sport. Um, you know what it's taught you. And then I know it sounds like you you'll watch rugby games, but I, you know. Tell me about that and your involvement there. Yeah, well, uh, you know, as we discussed, played in college and, and played a bit after and, you know, really enjoy um, watching it today. Yeah. I wouldn't dare, you know, play it today because <laughs> I'm not sure I would make it through. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the, um, you know, rugby, for those that don't necessarily yeah, sure. know it, you know, it's kind of kill the guy with the ball. Yeah. But there's actually a, a whole lot of strategy uh-huh. and intelligence that uh-huh. goes into, um, you know, winning in that sport. So, um 
for those that that do understand it, you you actually advance the ball by passing backwards, and <laughs> so you you really have to think about. Um, you know, if you uh, if you get tackled and yeah. lose the ball, that's actually not a you know not a good thing. Sure. And, and because because that gives the you know gives the uh, the opportunity for the other team to to really take take uh, take over. Yeah. But um, but so you know, very physical sport, yeah. but a whole lot of strategy. Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know, that, I think it's that strategy that really you know kept me. Um, Get me very interested, yeah. and continues to. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the the sport itself has just advanced in terms of, um, uh, in terms of uh, its its audience. Yeah. And so it's becoming much more, you know, appreciated globally. Um, and um, and that's just awesome. And, and you like so best game you've ever been to? What's a memorable? I mean, you'll go occasionally and watch rugby events now, correct? Sure. Yeah. So I've been trying to. Uh, there's. Uh, what they call rugby sevens, okay. which is a f- very fast-paced version of the sport yeah. that gets played every year um, in um, in Vegas, where okay. literally countries from around the world come. So you have like Samoa and yeah. Fiji and New Zealand, yeah. and you know these guys and, and girls yeah. are, are monsters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's uh, it's very fun. Yeah. Uh, so for for anybody that has the opportunity, they should do that. But uh, a couple months ago, I, I had the opportunity to go to Dublin to see okay. one of the Six Nations games, yeah. um, and uh, and that was just tremendous. Mm-hmm. Because I'd never been to a rugby match where there were as many people as there in the stadium as there are in American sure. football. Yeah, so you bet. You, you yeah. walk in and sixty thousand wow. people and and um, and everybody just uh, you know from multiple countries that are yeah. just um, you know really excited to be there. And the one thing that I remember from from the game, which is different than I think from American football clearly, but the, there's an equivalent of you know like a field goal uh-huh. after uh, after you score and and. Uh, uh, in, in in this match, basically, when the when the kicker's getting ready to kick the ball, yeah. the entire stadium goes silent. Oh, so no heckling, you know, no no yelling at the yeah. kicker, though, and it's sixty thousand people yeah. that just go quiet. Interesting. And it's kind of like, whoa, I've never seen this. So that's before. out of res- letting him kick out of respect for you know him being able to kick the ball. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And, yeah. Uh, Certainly not happening in American football. football. It's a little bit different, but um, (laughs) that's good. It was, it was, it was very, uh, it was, it was, it was really a bucket list thing. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Well, thanks for sharing that. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming in and doing this, and and I'm, I really am excited to see Flexential uh, over the next several years and see how the company continues to grow, serve existing customers, um, and expand into different markets. So, thank you for being here, and, and good luck in the future. Great, thanks a lot. This was awesome.